0: peace of Christ be with you. Welcome to worship at Westminster. Uh, It's a very special day today. Patrice Drew, one of our members, is a seminarian, one of our two seminarians right now, and typically in their last year, a home church invites a seminary student to preach, but Patrice is going to be moving, sadly, to Southern California to continue her studies at Uh, the seminary down there at Claremont School of Theology. So we thought we would bump that up a year and have her preach today. She'll retain her membership with us, and you'll see her from time to time, but on a regular basis, she won't be here. So I know you join me in celebrating uh, the chance to hear her proclaim the word. Later in the service, we'll have a moment where we bless her and send her on her way. With that, let's take a couple of deep breaths and settle into the presence of the living spirit. Sisters and brothers, let us worship the living God.
1: As you are able, please stand. Peace be with you. Locked in fear, peace dwell with you. On the path where the footing is tricky, peace walk with you. At the table, whether crowded or quiet, peace sit with you. No matter the turbulence or shifting ground, Peace stand with you. In In every every breath, breath, peace be alive with you. Our hymn is number 408.
2: be seated. I want to welcome you here to Westminster. It is a joy to be here with you today. If you're a visitor, a special welcome to you. I invite you after worship out to our patio area where there's coffee, tea, snacks, and especially a chance to get to know each other just a little better. Now, will you join with me now in the community prayer? It's printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Loving God. Our prayers continue in quiet. know that God is always with us, never giving up on us, even when we turn aside. Know that God always loves us in times of joy and in times of sorrow. And know that God always forgives us, setting us free to love and to be loved. This is good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, since this is the third Sunday of the month, it's our birthday blessing Sunday. So if you have a birthday in May or perhaps missed a birthday blessing in a previous month, I invite you to come forward.
0: Come on up. Were they oats and honey? Was that the flavor? Because those are my favorite. All right. Why don't you slide down this way? <laughs> well, it's good to see so many of you in your birthday month or or doing a makeup blessing. If you missed your birthday month, that's fair too. In a moment, I'll offer a, a blessing to you, a reading, and then I'll invite you um, after you get your individual blessing, if you feel so moved, to come over and to touch this water, the... Waters a baptism is a reminder of uh, your birth in Christ. Hear these words from St. John of the Cross. Dig here, the angel said. She caught me off guard when my soul said to me, have we met? So surprised I was to hear her speak like that, I chuckled. She began to sing a tale. There was once a hardworking man who used to worry so much because he could not feed and clothe his children and wife the way he wanted there was a beautiful little chapel in the village where the man lived and one day while he was praying an angel appeared the angel said follow me and he did and he did out into an ancient forest now dig here the angel said And the man felt strength in his limbs he had not known since youth, and with just his bare hands he dug deep and found a lost treasure, and his relationship with the world changed. Finding our soul's beauty does that, gives us tremendous freedom from worry. Dig here, the angel said, in your soul, in your soul. In this time of celebration, my prayer for you is that you are able to dig into your own soul and find the treasure that God has planted there. Happy birthday.
2: The baptismal font for the rest of their birthday blessing. I invite all the kids who are worshiping with us to come up and join me here at the front. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave that with you. See? All right, good morning, everyone. It is good to see you all this morning. <coughs> So I was remembering recently a time when my son, he's now in fourth grade, but I think it was about when he was in first grade. He came home from school one day, and he said, and I usually ask him, well, what'd you learn today? How was school? And he said, I learned how to be a bucket filler. And I looked at him, and I could not figure out what he was talking about. I thought maybe, maybe they'd done some gardening, and he'd like filled a, bucket with dirt or a plant i'm like a bucket filler what do you mean by that have any of you heard that before being a bucket filler some of you have okay some of you have so i I yes you're gonna have to explain this to me a little bit more what do you mean by being a bucket filler so what do you know what it means to be a bucket filler with water that would be one option but that's not what ben was talking about so i thought dirt you thought water what what do you think when you say a bucket filler you have an imaginary bucket. Uh-huh. bingo it's almost like we planned this but we didn't so what she said is everyone walks around with these imaginary buckets And when someone is nice to you, or does something kind for you, or says something loving to you, your bucket gets filled up. But then when someone maybe isn't so nice, or if you're not so nice to someone else, your bucket starts to empty. And I learned it's actually based on a book. It's called, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? You ever? Okay. So you've heard about being a bucket filler too. So I wanted to show you just a couple of pictures cause I think they're really cool. Take a look at this bucket. It's got a smiley face on it. It's all colorful and look, all this good stuff is going into it. Hearts and stars and swirlies. That is an awesome bucket. And so, As Muriel told us, you have a bucket. Every member of your family has a bucket. Your neighbors have a bucket. Everyone carries this bucket. Look at how nice they are, all filled up with colors and shapes and all sorts of good things. Your bucket has one purpose only, to hold good thoughts and good feelings. So when that's happening, your bucket's full, but then sometimes your bucket can be empty. Look at that. Do you see that bucket? It has a sad face because it's empty right now. Oh, dear. Other people feel the same way too. They're happy when their buckets are full, sad when their buckets are empty. Now here's the key. It's great to have a full bucket and this is how it works. You need other people to fill your bucket and other people need you to fill theirs. So we fill each other's buckets. And as Meryl told us, we fill them by doing nice things, saying kind things, being a loving person, And I was thinking about this because in Sunday school today, you're going to hear some ideas that Jesus has to be loving and kind to each other, kind of like being a bucket filler. Jesus is going to suggest to us that we help feed people when they're hungry or offer people water when they're thirsty or offer to be a friend to someone who might be new and a stranger. Jesus is going to suggest all these things, and that's kind of like being a bucket filler. So I invite you as we go and listen to this story from Jesus and as you go into your week, think about how you might do this for someone else, how you might fill their bucket and you might share God's love with them. All right. So we're going to head off to Sunday school right out this way. Let's go. Go now in peace. Go now in peace.
0: Let's share our joys and concerns. Who has a joy or a concern to share with the congregation? Yeah, Anita. Congratulations. Thank you. So congratulations to Anita, who will be a first-time grandmother in November, Um, and ongoing prayers for Joe and Steve Cooper. Steve has got uh, pancreatic cancer. Others? Yeah, please, Lynn. we celebrate all those seminary students who graduated from San Francisco Theological Seminary this weekend and we have a number of seminarians connected with this congregation who finished another year both of which are blessings yeah thank you others yeah pat well, adopted a new dog from the, from the humane mm. <laughs> she's very happy that i am yes we celebrate uh, a new, yeah, a new dog in the life of, of Pat's daughter, Corinne. If you come at, at the 8.30, which you, you don't because you're here. Um, not a good start, Rob. Um, well, they come to the 8.30 class, Pat does. So she gets here before 8.30 and her daughter always drops her off. And every week I would greet Pat and greet her daughter and greet Max in the back seat. Um, but Max died unexpectedly a few weeks ago. Um, but there's a new adopted dog in the family. We're glad to hear that. Others? Yeah. Please, Cammie. Yeah, Brandon, welcome back. Yeah, it's good to see you here. Welcome. Anyone else? Are you waving or are you raising? Okay, all right, before I lose control. Let's, uh, let's join our hearts in prayer then. Let's begin in silence. Before it is even on our lips, O God, you know the prayers of our hearts. We invite your presence as we celebrate the good things in our lives. And as we face unsettling challenges. Fill us with your love and your compassion, your gracefulness and your graciousness that we might be vessels of love in this world. We pray this in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: The scripture reading today is from the book of John. <coughs> when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "'Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you.' And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained.' But Thomas, who was also called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, "Uh, yeah, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of those nails and my hand in his side, I, I, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house. And Thomas was with them although the doors were closed and shut Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you then to Thomas he said here put your fingers see my hands reach out your hand and put it in my side do not doubt but believe Thomas answered him oh my Lord And my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Holy wisdom. Praise be to God.
3: Good morning. Can you all hear me okay it's nice to see so many faces here that I've known for the last six years and many of you have become well you started out as new friends but you've become old and good friends so this message is for you my church there was so much to choose from in this passage it was a little bit hard to decide what it would be this there is the breath I could have spent the whole morning talking about the breath. There was the Jews, fear of the Jews, or was there? So there was the history of the community, the Jonine community, and others. There was the Holy Spirit and faith, which is what I finally decided on. But the Holy Spirit takes many different forms, and it reminds me of a time when I was at seminary last year, and it was the first day and all the teachers come in and we all sit in the chapel and we hear a sermon. And suddenly I felt a pouring of love in the the chapel. It was an amazing feeling. It just filled the whole place and filled me particularly. And I walked out of there and stood in that and walked in that for a couple of days. It felt like nothing else I've ever felt. And Jesus, in John twenty twenty two, talks about breathing the Holy Spirit onto the disciples. When he did that, he was actually commissioning them to go out into the world and speak for him. The first meeting with the disciples was in a locked house, according to John, where Jesus appeared among them. He appeared. That was another thing that was a possibility for this passage. Thomas, one of the earliest of Jesus' disciples, wasn't at that first meeting. When Jesus showed the others his wounds, but afterwards the disciples told Thomas about it. Thomas told them he wanted to see and touch Jesus to believe it was him. Thomas was the more pragmatic of the disciples. Eight days later, the disciples were meeting again. And this time, Thomas was there. Jesus appeared again. He offered Thomas to touch his body, his wounds. But Thomas apparently was already convinced because he said, My Lord, my God. When he said, My Lord, my God, he knew already that he recognized that Jesus was the risen Christ. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said that. Jesus said, Blessed are those who have not seen yet have come to believe. But actually, Jesus was speaking universally to many of us, who've come after that time. Because up to that point, no one who had seen the risen Jesus had believed without seeing or hearing, not anyone. The beloved disciple had to see the empty tomb. Mary Magdalene had to hear Jesus' voice, Mary. The disciples needed evidence They saw Jesus' wounds in his side, in his hands. And Thomas wanted to not just see it, but he wanted to touch him. So everyone needed some evidence of some kind to believe. And I needed some evidence, too. When I was a young teenager, I had a dream. And in that dream, I was on An old ship, and on the deck of the ship were many people in long robes, and walking among these people was a man in white. He was walking among the people, talking to them, and I had a strong feeling, an incredible yearning inside, a desperation to talk to him, and I followed him all through the crowds. But he didn't seem to see me. And I kept following him, talking to him, calling him. I pulled on his robes and finally he turned around and he said he would talk to me. We went down below the ship and in a, was in a golden light. He said that he would always be with me. I would always be cared for. I have a friend who I've known for 35 years, Margaret and Archie, who are absolute confirmed atheists. They belong to a group called the Brights, and they were very active in the movement. Margaret and Archie wrote weather books, and technology took over, and Margaret and Archie were writing their last book, and Archie died. Margaret was overcome with grief because those two, for 50 years, had done everything together. Not only did they write weather books, but they went around the world on an old Chinese junk. They uh, were an amazing couple. And I asked Margaret if she ever felt Archie near her. And she said, I feel Archie with me all the time. I talk to Archie all the time. He's with me, and that's what it took for Margaret. One of my classes at the seminary is called Compassion and Contemplation. One of the books we were to read was about Julian of Norwich, a devout Christian from the 14th century, and she says, Our faith is a light naturally coming from our endless day. That is our Father God. And in this light, our Mother Christ and our good Lord, the Holy Spirit, lead us in this passing life. This light is meted out prudently, faithfully, remaining with us as we need it in our night. Night for Julian was feeling cut off, not connected to our higher self, to our inspiration, to our God. My husband and I, you can't hear me, can you? My husband and I sailed the Pacific and we were crossing, uh, making a trip one day to the west, going with the currents and It was an amazing experience because when you're out there on the ocean like that, it's truly raw nature. It's necessary to have faith in yourself, but it isn't until you are out there that you know that there's something much greater than you are. It's fine to have faith in yourself, and you need that but this is of an entirely different magnitude. It is God alive in nature, and I challenge anyone to sit in the cockpit of a boat and look behind you and see a giant wall of water reaching up so high that you can barely see the sky and not giving over your little faith in yourself in recognition of something much, much greater. You are holding on to your faith as your boat sinks slowly down into the trough of the ocean, walls of water front and back, and then your breath slowly comes back when your boat rises and rises some more as the water comes rushing under you and then takes you back up to the top and the process begins over and over again. This is what I mean by faith. Here is a process of living faith, sitting in that boat out in the ocean. You go with it. You can't possibly do anything else. And with each rise to the top, you know you are safe, that you will rise again. It's not always so comfortable down there in the bottom. You can't see anything but water. You begin to rise, just as life does. It's a cycle, and it won't let you down the only possible way it would is if you as a human being intervene. Think that we know better. Go our own way. Another way we could be swallowed up by the waves would be if we don't take care of our boat and something comes crashing down. Then all bets are off. But even then, if we get busy and fix it and get back on course, we'll ride the rollers. We'll ride the waves of life. Faith. It's about faith. Faith inside ourselves and our faith in God. We see our world now brought to us 24-7, and some of it is overwhelming and frightening at times. The order we thought we knew isn't always there, and we see the effects on our streets and in our leaders worldwide. We can't entirely depend on that man-made world outside, and so when we look at faith this way, it is inside ourselves that we will find our rock. This is what my Uncle Phil used to always say. And as I was writing this, I felt his presence there. And the following is, are the words that I felt. This, we find our safety and our deepest belief in the good that sustains us. And makes us want to push on to do our best to help our fellow travelers. We know there is great good in our world, as well as chaos. And what we do to help that good makes it grow. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us, to help us. We need to renew that. We need to feed it, always, to listen to our deepest and best inside ourselves, to consciously recognize it and bring it out to action, whatever that may mean for you personally. It is there our faith, our connection to our highest self is there. We only have to reach out for it. We have to want it. And know, like our little boat, that we will come through safely. The Holy Spirit is action. It is creative energy for good. It is there for us and walks with us always. One of the topics students at the seminary talk about a lot is what will our church look like in the coming years? Where are we going to be preaching? What's it going to be like out there? A few weeks ago in a lecture, one of our professors gave a talk on the future of the Christian church and how blind faith isn't enough any longer for many congregations. He said the Christian church is in a transition period and that there were certain key words that people find are important. And these words are an insistence on connection, networks, relationships, imagination. People want story. And interfaith efforts, or as Diana Butler Bass said, the recognition of porous borders between various faith traditions. People are looking for community, that which touches them and is real to them. Our church, this church here, is about community first, within our own members, and then reaching out to the community at large. We need to keep in touch with ourselves and what is important to us, and never lose that. To find and keep our personal faith alive and what that means for us. I want to thank all of you For being my friend over these past six years you've often you were all new to me new faces but it was exciting to get to know you and i want to thank you for your support it's been a really wonderful time so now i'm going to go back to joshua tree (laughs) and i will start seminary in claremont and again i want to thank you
0: Be seated. Thank you. As always, we encourage you to take a look at the bulletin to see what's going on in the life of this beloved community. Three things I want to highlight for you today. Right after this service, uh, the Christian Education Commission will be hosting a really important forum on uh, 13 Reasons Why. Many of you have seen this Netflix series based on the young adult novel about teen suicide, and it raises a number of really important issues. And Christian Ed, along with Jeff our youth director, have put together a really important panel uh, to help us make sense of some of this and be loving community in the midst of that very Real reality. So I invite you to that. I also encourage you, we're expecting a large crowd from the wider community here for that. So as you see unfamiliar faces, please be a friendly one and help direct people where they need to go and and reach out to them. Um, Also, right after the worship service is a new member orientation. So if you've been coming for a while and you would like to join this congregation in a formal way, we invite you to do so. Some of you have RSVP'd. If you haven't, that's okay. We always make extra materials. We'll be meeting in the preschool building, so all the way across the campus there. And it will be a time to learn a little bit more about the church and to connect with one another and then to enter into formal membership. So please join us right after the service if that's of interest to you. And finally... Today at 3 o'clock, you'll have a chance to uh, meet at Blackie's Pasture if you want and do part of what we just talked about, experiencing God in in nature and connecting more deeply um, to God in your life. Uh, Our partner ministry and friend, Julie Barnes, is back with us. She's here today, and she will be leading that time together at 3 o'clock. I can't uh, recommend these events enough to you. Um, Sometimes we do these quite rigorous hikes. This will not be one that's difficult physically. So if you're not up for doing five miles, no problem. Uh, There'll be some motion, but very accessible. So I really encourage you to show up three o'clock, Blackie's Pasture. And with that, in body or spirit, will you please rise for our closing hymn, number 738. may be seated for just a moment. Before I turn it over to Patrice to offer us a blessing and benediction, we want to offer her a blessing and send her on her way. And it's not the only parting that we honor today. Uh, Glenn Burke, come on up. Why not you come on up too? And Patrice, come on down. You know, in this day and age, comings and goings are just part of life. Um, and they're hard parts of life as we uh, have to say goodbye sometimes to people we love and hold dearly. So uh, Glenn is moving uh, back to Texas with family and to be closer to family. And Patrice, as you know, is moving to Southern California. Uh, We tried to exercise veto power, but um, we were overruled. But I just want to say three quick things to you on behalf of the congregation. First, how blessed and thankful we are to have had this special time with you. Uh, We've been blessed by your presence, your ministry of music, and your passionate faith. Glenn has been a witness to this congregation. Patrice, what a joy it has been not only to watch you go through seminary, but to um, very much be a Christ-like figure in caring for Phil in his last years. So thank you for blessing us. Uh, The second is we wish you well in the journey ahead, and we know that God goes with you. We trust that and we pray that you trust that too. And third and most importantly, know that you always, always, always have a home here. So when you're back, please visit. Hear this blessing from John O'Donohue. This is adapted from his blessing for a new home. And I pray this for the homes that you're about to enter. May this house shelter your life when you come in your home there. May all the weight of the world fall from your shoulders. May your heart be tranquil there, blessed by peace the world cannot give. May that home be a lucky place where the graces your life desires always find the pathway to your door. May nothing destructive ever cross your threshold. May it be a safe place full of understanding and acceptance where you can be as you are without the need of any mask or pretense or image. May this home be a place of discovery where the possibilities that sleep in the clay of your soul can emerge to deepen and refine your vision for all that is yet to come to birth. May it be a house of courage where healing and growth are loved, where dignity and forgiveness prevail, a home where patience of spirit is prized and the sight of the destination is never lost. Though the journey be difficult and slow, may there be a great delight around that hearth. May it be a house of welcome for the broken and diminished. May you have the eyes to see that no visitor arrives without a gift and no guest leaves without a blessing. Godspeed.
4: God bless Glenn.
0: Take it away, sister.
3: you hear me okay Oh Holy Spirit please walk with us today and this week and our lives and may we always feel close to one another in peace Holy Spirit bless each one as we walk through these doors coming and going may you be with us always Amen
4: do we... Wait. Yeah, let me. I don't this, think this is going to be like, like a... <laughs> Wait. Oh, no, that's... Yeah, no. We're going to have to move. No, no, yeah. 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 Yeah, just, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's just a plug in the middle that's...